0: Hello, everyone. My name is Beryl, and welcome to my podcast, Creative Force. If this is your first time listening, it is good to have you with us. For everyone else, I'd like to welcome you back. I'm here today with Robert Daniels, a renowned artist, painter, extraordinaire <laughs> who i have known for about maybe at this point 15 20 years
1: yeah we go back we go back
0: yes hi robert and welcome
1: Buonasera, ciao. <laughs>
0: so for the italian robert is now living in italy but before we talk about that let's go back let's go back so, Robert, you um, give, us, or give us an idea of where you grew up, <clears throat> the schools you attended, and how you initially got your feet into art.
1: Okay. Um, I grew up in Mount Vernon, New York. So, on the other side of the Bronx. hmm Okay. Um, where we lived at, it's not too far from what they call Co-op City now. Yes. Okay. Uh, my mother's brother, my uncle Paul, was an artist. I didn't know that until maybe about 20 years ago, but I was always drawing. I loved to draw. Um, so it was something that I always did. Uh, it really blossomed in junior high school. I had a great art teacher, Mr. Wells, Mm -hmm. and in his classes in the seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, we explored all types of mediums. We started with the dry mediums, pencil, charcoal. Then I got into pastels, oil pastels, chalks. Um, I also took shop in junior high school.
0: Which I don't think they even have too They don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. No, and it's it's sad that they don't.
1: So I learned how to use my hands making things with wood, and we also had a a printmaking shop. Mm. So I learned how to set uh, type, Mm -hmm. and I learned about (coughs) the different fonts, the different size, the the picas. Mm -hmm. So um, it all came into play because I was the kind of... um, child. I love to tinker. I love to take things apart. And so I I always used to get beatings from my dad because I took the (laughs) lawnmower apart. Uh, I would take everything apart. Mm -hmm. And he would come home and he was like, what what, what is is all of this mess? And I'd have that face. And his thing was like, go out in the backyard and get a switch Mm -hmm. Um, or get the strap off the basement door. Right. So, um, and then at the time, I didn't know I was ADD. Mm -hmm. I I was moving all the time. I had to do stuff. Then when I went to high school, I had another great art teacher, Mrs. Eitler. He taught what high me. school did you go to? I went to Mount Vernon High School. Okay. All of my schools were in Mount Vernon. I went mm. to the Mount Vernon, uh school system. I went to Nathan Hale as an elementary. Right. I went to Washington Junior High School. So it
0: wasn't like a specialized high school. It was just like a regular...
1: The thing about our high school, it encompassed all of that. Mm-hmm. They had uh, auto shop. They had metal shop. So it... Before Mount Vernon High School, there were two high schools. Mm-hmm. There was the academic high school, which was A.B. Davis. Right. And then they had the commercial high school, right. which the was the same Edison. thing they had
0: in Brooklyn.
1: Right. Now, that really came, fell along racial lines.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, basically, you had the white kids going to, to Davis. The academic. They were sent to the academic high mm-hmm. schools. and the edison was on the black side of town okay it was on the other side of the tracks mm-hmm. as we say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um so the black kids would go to edison right so then when um civil rights amendments and all that stuff started coming to play in 64 and after the death of king mm-hmm. um they combined both high schools into one high school
0: interesting
1: so they had a mega high school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay um
0: And your art teacher?
1: So my art teacher, I had Mr. Malanzi. I was taking commercial art. Mr. Mm-hmm. Malanzi did not like black people. Okay. And he let it be known. Wow. And it was a four-credit course, and he failed me. Mm. So I lost my taste for commercial art, but I didn't lose my taste for art. Okay. Then we had the fine art teacher, Mr. Zeitler. So I started taking fine art. Mm-hmm. And um, I fell in love with the impressionists.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: they were freestyle. Um, they used color like I'd never seen color used before. Um, so they opened up my my mind in in, in a different way towards mm-hmm. art. When I was in, I go back a minute. When I was in junior high school, I won an art contest. And so at 14 years old, I used to go to Cooper Union every Saturday.
0: I'm impressed.
1: And um, I would hang out with the big kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, people five, six, seven years older than I was. Mm -hmm. So I I learned how to use uh, pencil (coughs) and charcoal. Uh, I was renowned for for my drawings,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, realistic drawings. So when I went to high school, I had this background, and my art teacher kind of saw I had a knack for realism. Mm-hmm. And when I saw surrealism, uh, Dali and Impressionism, mm-hmm. and the uh, Russian art that's, that we know as Cubism, right, uh, and the abstract art coming out of Russia and mm-hmm. Poland, You know, people always talk about the art that came out of France, but they forget about all this art that was coming out of there. Out of Eastern Europe. Out of Eastern Europe, Mm -hmm. correct. So um, I was like, whoa. And then the American art movement, Mm -hmm. the uh, Warhols, and uh, I could name a million. I liked
0: Edward Hopper.
1: Oh, Edward Edward Hopper, without Mm -hmm. a doubt. (laughs) Edward Hopper, without a doubt. (laughs) Um, and people get that he's black.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hear you.
1: So when people were seeing Edward, H- Edward Harper, you know, they were like, whoa. And, you know, I was a Norman Rockwell person. Yes. So I saw Ed- yeah. Edward Harper. Right, right. So Norman Rockwell was who I followed because he was on Saturday Evening Post, especially mm-hmm. when he did the. the it was the, accessible. It was yeah, accessible. It was acce- art. accessible. All right. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. And I didn't know about Johnson and uh, Bearden, all of these cats, because they weren't teaching us about of course not. our artists. Of they were teaching us not. about their artists and their <coughs> history.
0: I didn't know about Bearden until I was at Brooklyn College. Yeah. And then I fell in love with doing collages. But I, I didn't know. I didn't know.
1: I didn't know about Bearden until I started going out with Sherry Moore, and she mm-hmm. was taking a class. And I went to pick her up one day, mm-hmm. and I'm in, on 141st Street, you know, off the Avenue, yeah, at Ralmar Bearden's house. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and amazing. then I'm
1: taking classes with this cat, and had no idea who he was or what he meant to us as a people Right. until much later. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Lawrence, That's and, right. yes, yes, uh, amazing uh, artist, amazing uh, uh, artist. James Van Der Zee mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. All these cats. All these cats. Right.
0: So now, in terms of your art, uh, first of all, you have a company called Nappy Head
1: Art. Is that (laughs) it? Nappy Head Art. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, bro, because I have more people of color saying, isn't that derogatory? When I was a kid, they used to call me. I, I lived in an old Italian neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I grew up in an old Italian neighborhood, and I used to hear the words "jigaboo" mm-hmm. and "black sambo," right. "little sambo," and, and "nigger," mm-hmm. and, uh, "nappy head." Yeah. And I grew up resenting these words and and, and having animosity. Right. But what I realized is, I'm going to empower myself with who I am. And take the negative and make it positive. Mm -hmm. So my great-grandfather was a dread out of Jamaica.
0: Right. See, I don't really like the term dread only because I I had heard and read that the term dread came from white folks who considered people who had locks— to be dreaded as a people.
1: And, and and you're right. And that's why I told you I took the negativity. Mm-hmm. Because dreadlock actually actually means nappy hair. Okay. So I took that terminology and I applied it to myself. I had all this beautiful nappy hair. Mm-hmm. And I still have still. all this beautiful nappy Even after I cut it. Right. I still have all this beautiful nappy hair. Mm-hmm. And I want... Black people are being empowered by their beauty. Yes. And part of their, their beauty is their hair and their skin color and their features. You know, I have this big nose, these big lips, and, uh, you know, I love it. I love <laughs> being me. I love walking through the streets, and people look at me, especially in Italy. They yeah. can't figure me out. They,
0: so now people don't know necessarily why you just referred to Italy. <laughs> All right, so... Finish your statement about how they look at you and then tell us why you referred to Italy at this point. So
1: at 60 years old, I caught a court case. They decided that they were going to make me a black man.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And what I mean by that was somehow the system always tries to Take away your strength as a black man, and I went through this change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I decided it's now it's time for me to make a change. Yes, so I left this country,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I went to visit Italy. Yes, on my visitation, I met a young lady. And I talked to her at length about what had happened to Mm -hmm. me and what I was going through. Right. And she accepted it. Mm -hmm. She accepted me for who I was, Mm -hmm. not for what I was. Right. Um, And so I would come back to the States, go back to Italy, Mm -hmm. come to the States, go. I was back and forth because every 90 days Um, You could only stay in the country for 90 days. Then Mm -hmm. you had to leave for six months. Okay. And um, last year we got married. Mm. So now...
0: And what is her name?
1: Her name is Marina Negre. Okay. (laughs) Blackwater. (laughs) Her name literally means Blackwater. Hello, (laughs) out (laughs) there. And she doesn't look at herself as being an Italian. She looks at herself as being an African. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, um most people don't know that one time when there was one land mass That's it, right. Italy was northern Africa, right, okay, so when you go into Sicily and and Napoli, and you go to the south or the south
0: mm-hmm.
1: of Italy, you will see like people
0: mm-hmm.
1: they are your color because they're related to the Moors, right. Okay, when Hannibal came over the, over the Alps, him and his boys <laughs> left behind. <laughs> Their seed. <laughs> Their seed. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you have pistachios, you have uh, lemon, you have lime, you have mm-hmm. olive trees. All of this stuff came out yeah. of Africa. Yeah, yeah. And they planted it in, in the north of what's now known as Italy. Mm-hmm because while they were there they wanted to enjoy what they ate um back home and at back home mm-hmm. so they brought this stuff with them
0: right right so how how have you been accepted in italy
1: you know that's interesting i've been trying to find words to express that people look at me um the Africans know that I'm not African. Mm-hmm. They have a different complexion. They have a different right. walk. They have a whole different genesis qua. Mm-hmm. There's a whole other uh, spirit about how they do things. Um, so they know I'm an American.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they look at me. They're curious. Yeah. The Italians look at me. They're curious. They're curious because um, my hairstyle... Is not what they're used to saying. Most people who wear locks, they, they wear their hair down. Um, they wear it in a conventional manner. Right. I knot my hair and I wear it up or out or. Whichever way um, it lays. I make a statement for me mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, um, our Lord and Savior has been good to me. Amen. And I praise him through working hard every day and just being me. I don't need to be anybody different. So I radiate my spirit. It transcends me, it, it moves in front of mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And I think these people feel that energy, mm-hmm. unlike any energy that they've ever felt I'm before. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, has nothing to do with my ego. Mm-mm. It has to do as we learn who we are, and we move through life. It's your essence. It become you know who you are, mm-hmm. and your essence precedes you. You know, I don't try to walk the earth as a negative person anymore. I understand that I have value, that I have worth. You know who you are, and that I am somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I walk dignified. I walk proud, and. I'm not here to combat with anybody. I'm here to do what I do. Mm -hmm. I've been given a unique gift. Yes. And I work at that gift 24 7,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, 35 days a month. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) my month has extra days because I don't pay attention to the clock, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't pay attention to the calendar. I pay attention to what I'm doing.
0: I hear you. I hear you. So <clears throat> you have described your art as abstract realism.
1: Abstract realism.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, Now, I consider your art more to the likings of cubism. So if you want to throw that in the mix.
1: Okay. The first contest I won in high school was a self-portrait in a cubistic style. Mm -hmm. I kind of fell in love with Picasso and people have been calling me the black Picasso. Okay, I can understand it. However, people need to understand that Picasso in 1907 went to Africa to study. Um, then he came back and he refuted the fact that he went to Africa, but you can plainly see in his work. <laughs> um, where he had been. Where he had been and what he had did. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Picasso <clears throat> did a lot of copying. Um, he copied Monet the, in uh, bathes in, 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 the, in the garden. Um, I could go on and on and right. on and on. However, um, what I loved about Picasso was his work ethic. He was always busy. Um, he was very um, inventive. He was very creative. And you have to love that about people who have that energy. Yes. Uh, Diego Rivera, I loved his work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the 68 uh, Olympics. I got to see Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the art. I did not like the government at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't understand while the Olympics were going on in the stadium, hundreds of kids were being hurt outside the stadium. Really? Yeah. There was a big uh big protest rally.
0: Mm-hmm. And you went to Mexico as an athlete.
1: I went to Mexico as an athlete.
0: And and you were a runner? Was I was a runner. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was your specialty? I was a hurdler. Okay. I was a
1: high school Mm All-American. I went to the Nationals. I came in second in the Nationals. Uh, In 1969, I won the NAIA Nationals as a hurdle. I was a national champion. Very
0: nice. Um, So So now what was happening with the children outside the stadium?
1: There was a big rally. People Mm -hmm. need to go back into into the Internet and look that up. 1969 in Mm -hmm. September, uh, there was... uh, Rallies going on. College students, they were disenchanted with the way students were being treated. Treated the Mexican people were being treated, mm-hmm. and they had a big protests. And a lot of kids got hurt. Yeah, a lot of kids <clears throat> got killed. Um, that was the age of dissent. People, children around the world were. They were just fed up.
0: That's right. So were you in college at that point?
1: I was coming out of high school getting ready to go into college. Yeah, me too at that point. So, Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, remember the Vietnam War. Yes. The Vietnam War, Vietnam conflict uh, was happening. And a lot of people didn't realize what was going on with that either. Yeah. But America had nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. That was between the French— Right. And the Vietnamese. Okay. Um, There's a lot of things I would like to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should say them on the podcast. Right. Uh, But America entered the war because of economics. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how,
0: that's what America, and that's the reason why America enters enters the war most times. (laughs) It's been for economic reasons. Sure. Because it helps the economy.
1: Well, it helps those.
0: The, the, yeah, those. Not us, but those. Yeah, it
1: ha- helps those <laughs> in the higher-tier economics. Exactly. Because we're expendable. Every day. And in Vietnam, 80% of the soldiers were black, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And for the young white men who were in the war, they were expendable. hmm
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know, so. So now— with you in, um, in Italy, do you want to share what inspires your work now? Is it any different than your inspiration before you left this country?
1: That, that also is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I paint blacker now
0: mm-hmm.
1: than I did when I was here simply because I have the freedom um, from distraction. Mhm. Um I don't feel the freedom. I I mean I don't feel like anybody's looking over my shoulder to see what I'm painting right. or to criticize what I'm painting. And As you know, we painted we both painted art curian. Mhm. And that, Let
0: people know what Arcurian is.
1: Arcurian was the biggest art show of its kind ever given in the world,
0: of African Afri- or people of color.
1: African um, and people of color art. Okay, it was. Um, and it was the only time. Mural size. That's right. Work. Mm-hmm. You know, the smallest piece of work, and it was uh, five, five by feet five. by five feet. That's right. Okay, And it was the only time that a show of this magnitude was ever given. And I believe there were 60 pieces. Yes. 60 (laughs) pieces um, displayed. The piece that I did was the only piece in the show in black and white, Spiritual Healing. Really? Yeah. It was the only piece in black and white. Mm -hmm. And um, from Spiritual Healing, I kept that theme because... Artist therapy. Art. You, when I was painting um, in a studio mm-hmm. out out in Brooklyn, you know, it was a residence residency mm-hmm. for uh, um, young brothers and sisters who had disabilities. And I would watch these kids paint every day.
0: Was that Dr. Prim's? This is Dr.
1: Prim's uh, mm-hmm. uh site. Yes, in um, East New York in East New York mm-hmm. and um the look on these people's face when they painted while they were painting and then when they finished, the sense of achievement. Um you can't buy that no. you can't buy that you 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 know um it stayed with me it, it motivated me into wanting to work harder and so I wanted to build my legacy and I want to continue to build a legacy so my my thing was either stay here and have the potential of catching another court case, Mm -hmm. or go somewhere and take a fresh approach um, to life. Mm -hmm. And so I stepped outside of this country. Right. I left everything that I owned here, basically. Yeah. I took one bag of clothing, mm-hmm. and I left. Right. And I went to Italy. Mm-hmm.
0: And, <coughs> and what year was that?
1: This was 2013.
0: Okay. Do you want to share what the court case was? No. Okay, we can no. leave that
1: alone. Um, Enough said. I would just like to put it this way. For young brothers and older brothers out there, you are never invulnerable. Mm -hmm. They are always looking at you. So you need to be respectful of yourself. Whatever you do, you should always do it in two and threes.
0: So you have a witness.
1: So you have a witness. And um, whenever they walk up on you, make sure your hands are out, nowhere near your body. Mm-hmm. And whatever they ask you to do, you do it because your life can depend on
0: it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And that's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I hear you. I hear you.
1: You never get over it. <laughs> You never get over it. It's trauma. It's trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary.
0: So, sort of in line with that, I'm going to ask you if you can tell me what you think the role is of an artist in society.
1: You've been given something special. And whenever you're given something, it's up to you to work as hard as you can to perfect it and give it away. Your role, you are a messenger. You are an educator. You are one of the special people that have been assigned to helping other people. Um... You document history in your own special way. Mm-hmm. So, the task is not an easy one, but nor is it a hard one. Because in what you do, you bring love to other people, you know. You make, other, you make other people aware of what they may not have seen or what they may have done but have forgotten about.
0: Mm-hmm, true.
1: And you give hope because people see what you do and they reflect on it. And most of the times they say, oh, I could do that. And that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of time. A little bit of patience and some material.
0: So, we had a little bit of a discussion before the podcast in reference to artists, especially, I guess, artists who are up there in age and what their responsibility may be to future generation or current generation in reference to documenting their art and maybe documenting how they did their art. What can you speak of about that?
1: Well, that's interesting because in my bag, Mm -hmm. I've just put together The Difference Makers. These are eight artists. Um, These are eight artists who are educators. Um, The purpose of this first periodical is to make people aware
0: mm-hmm.
1: of artists as educators. Um, I have several other projects in mind. I want to do... I want to re-examine the difference makers, but I want women
0: mm-hmm.
1: in the arts who are educators. Okay. Um, I want to show that perspective. I want to also...
0: When you say educators, do you mean people who are actually teaching in schools, or people whose art educates?
1: I want to take people who are trying to educate people, whether they're actual educators in a school Mm -hmm. or actually using other technology or media forms to educate people. Okay. Um, Because this this is an art form.
0: Right. You're talking about podcasting?
1: This, yes. It's an, <laughs> it's an art form. I think so. Um, there's a visibility, and people are taking something away from it, just as if they were looking at a picture. Right. This is a verbal art form. Mm-hmm. Um, a picture is a nonverbal art form. Right. But it's it serves the same purpose. It's to create thought, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Everything that there is in a the picture, there is right now in the studio. Yes. If you talk about the elements of art, mm-hmm. there's space, there's depth, there's color, there's line. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think that um, these older artists, these pioneers, should be Someone should be documenting their life stories. Mm-hmm. Um in which I, I I'm getting ready, I'm trying to do this book. and I'm looking for some people to send me some information. Um I won't mention the name, but you already know who right. the name is. <laughs> I don't wanna get people upset when I if I say something on the air. That's right. And we then, just want to let that go. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Out there, you know what I'm talking about. You know who I'm (laughs) talking about. I'm not going to mention no names. (laughs) But uh, I've taken upon myself Mm -hmm. um, to start doing this. I don't have any money to do this stuff with, Mm -hmm. but I don't need money. I have the the technology that's needed to put this stuff together. Right. And so that's what I'm going to do.
0: Good, good. So in reference to your art again... Do you still
1: have the website nappyheadart.com? dot com? I'm using a lot of the websites that are on social media. All right. I have artlimited.com. Mm-hmm. dot com. I have uh fineartamerica dot com. Right. And then I've also taken my stuff and I put it on websites uh uh that have used it um to put on apparel. Mm-hmm. Like nice. uh
0: well finearts dot fine arts dot com, is that it?
1: Fine arts dot fine dot com.
0: Right. Your your things are on there right. in reference to you could have it on a t shirt, you could oh, have that's it on a bag. Red bubble. Oh red bubble. Redbubble, Redbubble okay. dot
1: com. I have the apparel. Okay. Stuff is on t shirts, dresses, scarves. Yes. Uh duvals, mm-hmm. pillowcases. Uh, shower curtains. Pictures. Uh, right. Images that you can buy and mm-hmm. put on your wall. Sure. Uh, I have children's clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, See, one of
0: the things I like about that is, like, some people just want to just have their art on maybe a canvas or have one piece of art that's a collage. Whereas when you enable your art to be recreated this way, anyone can have the art in their presence in their home which i think you know is like really nice cuz everybody cannot afford the $25,000 you might want to charge for an original or even the $5,000 or 700 <coughs> for a print but this way anybody can afford to have the art in their homes which i think is is very important
1: well again that's why I kind of dug what the um, Pablo Picasso Foundation did. Mm -hmm. Okay, they diversified. Uh, There's a brother out of Massachusetts um, who I did my first show with. Um, His name will come to me in a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. But when we went up to, to Boston uh, Paul Goodnight. Okay. We went up to Boston to his studio. And I walked in and I saw the diversification of his work. Mm-hmm. I was knocked for a loop.
0: Right. And what, what do you define as di- diversification? He
1: had his art on silk scarves. Mm-hmm. Umbrellas, right? Coffee cups, love it. Um, he had prints. He had um, all type of uh, items for sale, right? And I said, "Well, you know, art is beautiful, but we have to eat. Mm-hmm. And when you're diversified, you give yourself a chance." at life in terms of uh, making a living right and let's make no doubt about it folks we make the art because we love it but we also want to sell it right and so if I can make my art affordable to you then I'm happy
0: right you're not that starving artist, so especially in, in 2019. There's no reason for you to be a starving artist because there's so many different mediums that your art can be placed in. Exactly.
1: So, I mean, people say to me all the time, well, why don't you get an agent? Because if I get an agent, I can't sell my art directly to you.
0: Right. Or the way or how you want to do it.
1: Um, If I get an agent, I have to conform to certain guidelines um, in terms of that representation. And it kind of takes my art away from me because now it belongs to the person Mm -hmm. who's representing me. Right. So, I'd rather you come to me and buy directly from me because that person has to get a commission mm-hmm. and if they go to a gallery the gallery has to get money so coming from me that's the, the first markup is the agent the second markup is the gallery
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: and so for my brothers and sisters um, they can't afford $12,000, 15000 30000 mm-hmm. and I see artists who try to mark their work up and some of them sell their work at that prices but they also sell to that client who can afford to spend that type of money Mm -hmm. Um, we know in the hood Mm -hmm. (laughs) most folks can't afford that type of money Mm -hmm. Um, but it would be nice you know I walk into some wonderful homes Mm -hmm. in our neighborhoods and I say wow a nice piece of art would go great on this wall,
0: right?
1: And then people say, "Well, I can't afford it." I said, "Why can't you? You can afford to live in this beautiful apartment. Mm-hmm. You can afford a nice piece of art." Well, I don't have ten thousand dollars. I said, "My art is not ten thousand dollars." <laughs> I hear you. Because a lot of times people tell me, "I can afford," I cannot afford your work. Right. And I said, well, that's the first lie that came out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. And then they look at me. I said, have you ever asked me how much my work is? And they say, no. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so, see, already, the negativity has jumped out Mm -hmm. before the Inquisition. Right. See, I believe in the scientific process. (laughs) The first thing on the the list, investigation. Absolutely. Investigation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Investigation. And
0: not only that, but... The other thing that I found to me was like sort of unreasonable because I've been in data processing. I've been in um, development of websites and computerization for like 40 years and in doing web design work like maybe the last 20 years. And whenever I, I and I'm also an artist so when I go to my artist friends and say, well, why don't you, you know, let me develop a website for you so you'll have some presence on the web, so many people will say, well, I don't want my stuff on the web because I'm afraid that somebody's going to steal my work.
1: They're going to steal it anyway because you know I, I, they've stolen my stuff all over the place. <laughs> you know, I just had to, had this guy in Chicago. I had to send a cease and desist. He's been using my work for five years.
0: But, but my point is also that without the web, You're being, lost. Right, it's like you're, you're, you're losing the opportunity for a gazillion people to see what you do.
1: You know, what you said, you hit the nail on the head. There's a new world out there. Um, we're dinosaurs. I, I did not want to use a computer. My friend was telling me for the longest time, oh, there's Photoshop, there's this, there's Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. You could do this, you could do that. You put your stuff on the web, you need to be on the, you know, and I resisted, I resisted, I resisted. And then, on my job, they were getting rid of the old computers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they were upgrading. Right. So they had a computer for $200. I said, oh, okay, I got $200. I'm not hanging in the streets no more. I got $200. Mm -hmm. So I bought a computer. Mm -hmm. And I started playing around with graphics program. Right. I said, oh, wow. Well, I used another word, but I say (laughs) on the webcast. Oh, wow. Okay. Dang. (laughs) And then I developed my own uh, card. I didn't have to go to... uh, a greeting co- I mean, a, a card company to have my business cards printed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then next thing you know, I bought, bought an Epson printer. And I was downloading my images from my camera into my computer. And then I slapped myself upside the head. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? You could have been doing this years ago. Matter of fact...
0: Well, you know what? To be with me again I would say 20 years ago yeah. I was in various various art shows and I use my computer, I use Photoshop to take different pieces of different pieces of art. I just made it started as a, a drawing and then I might bring in a photograph that I personally took myself sure. and mix the media but utilizing the computer. People acted as though number one it wasn't real art. Number two that all I had to do was press a button, and that art was created.
1: No. The skill, <laughs> the skill is in manipulating the machine with your brain. Mm-hmm. It's an integration of different mechanics at play. Mm-hmm. So people don't realize, yeah, you're pushing buttons. But how do you push the right button? Mm-hmm. How do you get this they to blend trying, with this?
0: They were trying to say that my work was giclee, which means it's just a copy of something that you've done. No,
1: but see, people really don't even understand a giclee. <laughs> so let me, for, for the public, tell people what a giclee is. Mm-hmm. A giclee is a print that is hand-embellished. It is not just a print. Right, like or, you have a
0: to, copy machine. You
1: have to take a substance with, and put the brush into that substance mm-hmm. and go back over it so that there is a texture created. Right. That is what a giclee is. Yeah. And the reason why clay is a limited edition, because most people don't have the patience to do a lot of them.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Okay, so let's understand a print is a print, mm-hmm. is a print. Right. Because there's different prints that can be pulled. Right. You can pull a litho. Mm-hmm. You could pull a linoleum. Mm-hmm. You could pull a wood. Mm-hmm. You could pull an etching. Right. And okay. see, where
0: I used to take my pieces to be printed that I did on the computer. First of all, if I was going to be in the show and sell it, right. I would only do one, maybe two prints of that piece. It's a limited edition. And it's like you saying that it's not. And a piece of original art is a is a is is a big mistake.
1: Okay, let's go back. <clears throat> Lichtenstein and Andy Warhol mm-hmm. became famous. Why? Right,
0: because for they, screen they,
1: printing, mm-hmm. taking somebody else's art. Right. And their this art was definitely clearly not theirs.
0: Right, like Campbell art cans. I mean, like Campbell's it was clearly and- Marilyn Monroe. This stuff was clearly <laughs> not their art. Exactly. But they had a
1: technique and a means mm-hmm. and an audience, right. which is really important.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And so that's how they they got mm-hmm. to where they were.
0: Well, I would want I need to end the program now.
1: Oh, we're just getting started.
0: And it nice. was, it was fantabulous <laughs> having yeah. you here in the podcast studio. And I would like you to give people. Um, a few places where they can find your art and um, a closing statement. Okay,
1: well, a, a lot of my art is stored in Bed-Stuy at Zion Gallery
0: mm-hmm.
1: with uh, Rhodesia Hartley. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: Online, where can they find your?
1: Online, you can find my stuff at Fine Art America. Or um, a lot of the newest stuff is on artlimited.com. Okay. And if you want to find the clothing, you can go online to redbubble.com or the Art of Wear is out of Canada, and mm-hmm. Redbubble, I'm not, I'm not sure where they're located. Okay. But that's where you can find a lot of stuff. Of um, yours? Of mine.
0: Okay. And a closing statement. And I'm
1: on Facebook also. And
0: Instagram.
1: Yeah. Uh, well my wife has a thing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you would have to you would have to look her up. Okay, and who is she? She's Negre Marina. Okay. So Blackwater. Now...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so give out give our audience a closing statement.
1: Okay. I really enjoyed myself today. I'm thrilled that you're listening to this podcast i hope you take something away from it and you can contact burl right um here at brick and yeah and brooklyn Mm -hmm. and brooklyn is doing fabulous things especially for black people there's a lot of gentrification going on Uh but we are here we ain't going away Uh (laughs) and we keeping it real so um please If you see a podcast from Brick and you see Burl's name on it, sister's keeping it real. I really enjoyed talking to everybody out there this morning. Thank you, Buro, for this. Um, oh,
0: it's quite. Um, you're quite welcome. It was a pleasure having you and seeing you again, cause it because it has been a while. Grazie mille, grazie <laughs> mille, amica. And if I get a chance to come to Italy, I know who to um, get in <laughs> touch with. Beni qua, beni qua, beni a Milano. Well, thank you very much, audience, for listening, and be sure to come back.
1: Grazie mille a tutti and uh, Pasanas.
0: thank you for listening to the creative force podcast with your host beryl if you liked what you heard come back and let others know about creative force until next time be well be creative and enjoy living